0: Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington,
1: and I am Bill Knight. It's not just another day; it's kitten
0: day too. I beg your pardon. <laughs> that sounds like a line day. from. Uh, uh, I won't even say oh, it. Oh no. yeah, I, you know that. You know, uh, after I said, kit- it, I
1: was go. Oh well, there's a setup. Let's yeah. just leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah, hey,
0: When we think we should. Hey, you know what we should do right now? We should say hello to our uh, our Rumble uh, listeners. We have a lot of people finding the program on Rumble, and if you're one of them, we want to thank you very much and uh, spread the word.
1: Tell your friends. Yeah, well, we've seen numbers growing, um, but, you know, you don't get everything in in Rumble. Mm -hmm. uh, We did that a while ago. We didn't see anything. We kind of went away from it, and then we came back. Said, ah, let's just do it. And I was only seeing what I'd call a handful of people, and then all of a sudden I'm going like, what happened on July 4th? You know, all of a sudden – it's not a handful of people. It's in the thousands. You know. Hey, and then, you know.
0: Um, I guess people just find it. People are looking for stuff. Maybe one person recommends it to, you know, a couple of his friends, and before you know it, here we are. But we we right, are uh, appreciative, it, and you know, it doesn't. Uh, we're not turning away from other sites too. Like if you're listening on one of the streaming sites, like uh, Amazon or iHeartRadio or Spotify. Uh, it's hard to tell how many we have on those sites, but we we know that we have in the tens of thousands of people who stream the program. And uh we we want to thank you too for uh, being a part of it.
1: How was your yeah, weekend, my friend? Oh, well, it was pretty good. Uh, you know, it was low key, non-productive, I guess, or productive, I don't know, you know, it it was a weekend. You know, um so we, it, I
0: have not gone to see this yet, but uh that movie Sound of Freedom. With Jim yeah. Caviezel uh, playing uh, that agent who's down trying to rescue the children from child trafficking, uh, right. it was shot on. As far as making a movie is concerned, it was shot on a low budget. Some would say a shoestring, and yeah. uh, it's doing phenomenally. It's doing amazingly. the The theater count is half of what the Indiana Jones movie is. Uh, I think they they said the theater count is. Twenty-eight hundred and fifty compared to like forty-six hundred for Indiana Jones, uh, and the weekend box office uh, for The Sound of Freedom was eighteen million two hundred thousand dollars, and and the, the opening week total forty million two hundred thousand dollars, which is unbelievable, and uh, they have a, a scoring system, the theater uh, the producers have called cinema mm-hmm. Cinema Score, and. What it does, essentially, is it tells the producers uh, how their movie is performing overall. And uh, CinemaScore gave Sound of Freedom an A+. And do you know that movie sat on the shelf? I heard five years, but I, I'm sure at least two years it sat on the shelf at Disney. I, and I don't th- I don't think Disney ended up releasing it. I think Angel Films came along and either bought the rights to distribute it, and uh, that's how it got yeah, released. Yeah,
1: probably. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about the uh, the Disney process. You know, it's funny. Disney came up in a conversation over the weekend, and you know their films and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold my breath counting on on Disney if it, if you've got something that's conservative. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to do it. Yeah, Disney. Uh, all my life, Disney was
0: synonymous with family movies. It was thought of as being the perfect place to bring your kids. You were sure that uh, you weren't going to be put into a tough situation as a parent. But then then I think it was Touchstone Pictures. Remember Touchstone Pictures? Yeah. That was Disney's uh, branch of uh, of movies that they could step into the realm of R-rated movies and things like they could uh, be more mainstream and make some money off pictures but not tarnish their brand name. So they had that for a while. But now I don't think they care about tarnishing the Disney uh, brand name. They just they do whatever they want. They're very woke, very, very woke. I mean, most of their movies have characters in them that – most people question. Let me just leave it at that. You know, I mean, they're not uh, the kind of characters you would expect in uh, your Disney movie.
1: Yeah, well, you know, when you have certain—I guess when you get at a certain financial level, uh, money is irrelevant anymore because you know you—you you pointed that out with Trump. Money sometimes just—it—it it becomes its own entity and it just breeds itself no matter what you do. Right. It's going to be hard, and you know, which is why. Having a Soros in the mix, you know, here's a kid that was a thief when he was a kid during World War II, and, you know, he uh, he got into um, hedge funds, I guess is what it was he right. made his money on. And uh, which...
0: They asked him once, they said, does it bother you when you uh, when you end up destroying somebody to make a profit?
1: No, it's just business. Just business. business. Just business. Yeah. Just nothing that you in my way. I had to. So if I
0: yeah, if I destroy the family of the guy and his family, well, that's.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, somebody once told me, you know, if you, if you got, you know, if you got moral, you got character, you're not meant for business. That's, that's that's scary. It really is. It's kind of true, but kind of not. I mean, you know, of course, you know, the left takes that and that's what they use to pulverize Trump. I have a paper that's over there. Talking about all the good things that uh, Trump has done, and I may walk across the room to get it later, but it's stuff that you don't know.
0: Well, Trump is, I think, kind of a different character. He made a lot of money in business, but he he was an astute uh, businessman. He really knew—he wrote the book called The Art of the Deal. He Hmm. knew how to negotiate different business uh, projects. You know, he'd negotiate for properties and things like that, and he knew when to walk away. He knew went to up the ante, things like that. And that has been a, a, a talent that he has used in the political realm, too. You know, I, gotta, always... I, should, I should play this for you, Bill. All right. He um, was asked, why do, you, why do you sometimes get really hard and really, uh, you kind of attack your opponent? I mean, you don't just criticize them. You label them and things like that. Why do you do that?
2: Listen to what he said. Many say don't punch down when talking about people like Chris Sununu or sloppy Chris Christie or Ada Hutchinson. I call him Ada, not Asa, because of certain reasons, or others. But sometimes it's necessary to talk badly about those that, for no reason other than politics, speak badly about you. Otherwise, the people that love you don't know whether or not they're for real. Are they saying the truth? They're not. So sometimes you have to punch down and you have to say what's happening. Otherwise, they won't understand. It's not fair to them. You have to put them in proper perspective, these bad people. You have to put them in their place. People like this are very destructive. And you have to tell the voters what it's all about. Otherwise, why should they be able to understand it? Thank you very much.
0: I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, he yeah. he he said, "Why do I use names like uh, uh Ron Sanctimonious and stuff like that?" It's because for the the casual political viewer, it points it makes it more uh, of a label, you know? They they have a better understanding of what you really think of this guy, you know, as opposed to just like you know, we used to see him in his debates back in 2016 and he would have a label for all of the other characters on the stage because there were like 16 others out there. You know, he called little Marco and stuff like
1: that. Uh, well, it's it's theatrical and it gets your attention. When you get to the 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 nuts and bolts of stuff and you just start out that way, you're very clinical. Forget it, that bores me. I don't want to do that. It's kind of like, you know, I think I sent you a video that I did for fun. Uh well, you, you, there were a couple of them I did. You have a uh, and, lot
0: of time on your hands.
1: Not really. I mean, uh, a minute and a half, you know, all of those things were one take things. Just do it if it's good. Yeah, throw but it the out costumes. The, huh? You had to go out and get the costumes. Oh, you're talking about the Mulvaney one. Yeah, yeah, yeah and now you know he's what? smiling. Yeah, but you know what? That got me 78,000 views. So what are you talking about? You know, you can, to TikTok, views. you can go to TikTok and look up Bill Knight and you'll, the, the real Bill Knight and you'll see it there. And all of a sudden you'll see me in a cowboy. Yes, hat. You'll
0: see him in a whole new perspective.
1: Oh, geez. It's a funny, well, you know, it's a
0: funny video, to be honest with you. It's a
1: but funny But you know where video. you're poking fun. I mean, you know, there was that thing I did, uh, I think it was all of 37 seconds where I talked about, you know, the world's a crazy place. You know, if if you, um, you know, in Don Christ, or not Don Christie, but Chris Christie's house, if you find donut crumbs on the floor, you can bet it was his. You go to Pelosi's house, you find vodka. It's got to be hers, you know. Then mm-hmm. when you find, uh, you know. Cocaine you in the White House. Yeah. <laughs> you go to the biggest drug dealer of all time, or not drug dealer, but drug taker or dealer, whatever it is. And you find cocaine, and you don't have a clue where it came from. Yeah, that's true. You know, come on, you know. <laughs> but know. that's why you do it. It's a short bite. It gets attention, and people go, "Ha!" They get it because they know. Over and the so- weekend,
0: uh, by the way, they're still talking about they're still talking about the uh, cocaine in the White House, and and Dan Bongino, he's on vacation, but when that story came out, he had to do a little quick video, and uh, I got here's what he said: Dan Bongino, by the way, was a New York City police officer uh, for a number of years. And then he was, I think for about 10 years, he was a member of the Secret Service. And he worked with the president's detail. He knows the White House. Listen to what he said.
3: So here's a quick explainer for uh, Cocaine Gate for everyone who was uh, looking for an inside perspective on what, uh, what really went down. Here's the issue here. There's going to be a lot of commentary on this from people who have not done security or aren't even remotely familiar with how security at the White House even works. It's a roughly 18-acre complex. So here's the thing. It's surrounded by magnetometers and checkpoints. They all have numbers and names. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but whatever. Zebra 62 for the sake of this, uh, this video here. You can only enter that complex through, say, Zebra 62 and Zebra 61 and these other specific checkpoints you can't get dropped in from the roof you can't get tunneled in from below you have to go in through one of those checkpoints they surround the entire 18 acres so whether this cocaine was found in the lincoln bedroom or in say the diplomatic reception room it doesn't matter somebody had a bypass a security magnetometer checkpoint to get that in there do you understand it it doesn't matter once the 18 acre complex is like a ring surrounding the whole thing the only way to get in is to go through one of those checkpoints right so now you have to ask yourself well who could have possibly went through a checkpoint and brought cocaine and the answer is no one it's someone who would have bypassed the checkpoints well, who bypasses the checkpoints? The Secret Service with the protectees. Biden, the Biden family members, Jill Biden. The Secret Service doesn't go through the checkpoints. They have guns. What the hell are they gonna go through the checkpoints for? Detect guns? And they bring the protectees with them. The Secret Service didn't have cocaine on them. So it had to be one of the protectees. There's no other explanation. That would never have gotten through the checkpoint. There's not a chance in hell they were driven in, probably one of the family members, was likely driven in by the Secret Service who had it on them, found it, and just left it in the White House. It's a simple explanation, man. Occam's Razor, keep it simple, stupid. Sad, but true. That is most likely what happened. It's the only way that would've got in there. No one's getting in the 18-acre complex, nobody. Not staff, no one else with cocaine on them, period. There you go. There's your explainer in two and a half minutes or less. They got it. They got well,
1: let me let me ask you a question here, and I have a reason for asking. I mean, you heard the one lady on, on Fox News sitting there talking about uh, uh, that she thought that it wasn't Biden. Uh, Ted Cruz says he didn't think it was Hunter either; thought it was mm-hmm. a staffer that did it. But Bongino thinks no, it had to be Hunter, and I I tend to believe it's got to. Well, be Well, he Hunter said it had to very- be
0: it had to be a, a Biden family member.
1: Right. It, it could yeah. have be, been any one of the Bidens. The only other thing that I would offer is it could have been any one of the Bidens, even Hunter. But what I'm saying is uh, I can't believe anybody would be that stupid to bring it into the White House unless what they're trying to do is muddy the story and get exactly what's going on in the news that's going on right now. Oh, I had to be Hunter. No, it didn't, because it offers confusion and it could be part of a setup. But wait a so, second. Hunter is
0: living there. Hunter yeah, is living, living at the White House, so are you saying that he wouldn't have a little stash of his own goodies in, in the White House? Probably not
1: in a place like that where somebody would find it. But don't you unless... think that when people are are into drugs,
0: they're not clear minded? All they're thinking oh, about is. I do a... think that,
1: yeah. But I'm I'm offering you know a bridge between the two stories here as a possibility because they are trying to spin that story and say that this was a Republican setup. And uh, you know, so they could have sat there and said, "Okay, we're guilty of this. What do we do?" Well, let's plant some drugs and make it look like it was. But you us. just heard
0: Bongino say the only way you could do that is—I mean, Republicans would have been scanned. They would have right. been scanned. You can't get into the White House. He said there's a ring around it. There's well, magnetometers all over the place. There's a ring around the White House. The so only it people had to be get one through, of the protected. It had to be a protected person or a
1: bad. Secret Service person.
0: Yeah, the uh, the odds of a, a Secret Service agent risking his career, risking his career is is I think minuscule, slim, or none. In my opinion, it's just my opinion, but uh, I, uh, I th- get where I th- you're coming from. I think when there's... you have a, a drug addict, and by the way, if you saw pictures of Hunter on the Fourth of July, he I was mean bl- he blasted. looked
1: blasted. He looked terrible. Oh, yeah, he he was on the crack pipe because there's a difference. Now, the only thing that, you know, I did see where his hair was a little thinner before and, uh, you know, almost looked like it was splotchy, you know, where the hair fell out or he was picking it out. And, you know, that's something that people on crack, you know, or crystal meth especially do. Um, wow. I don't know. The boy is rough, and uh, he he's not over the problem. But they are trying to spin it, and they will stop at nothing. And you talk about people that wouldn't risk their career. Look at all the people inside the DOJ that are lined through everything.
0: You know what we have a right to know? Because it's our house. It's our house. That's exactly it. It is our house. We have a right to know why the security was so weak that somebody got uh, an illicit drug into the White House. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, what if that were something else? What if that were an explosive or some kind of a uh, a poison of some kind? How did that get into the White House? I don't know. It just uh, we have a right to know. And you know, when I hear Corinne uh, Jean Pierre uh, dismiss it, summarily dismiss questions about it, I think to myself, "Lady, you are doing such a disservice to this country by not answering questions." I refer that answer to the Secret Service. They're doing doing the investigation. No, you represent the president. It affects him. What does he think?
1: Yeah, apparently, I don't uh, I don't have the story in front of me, but apparently she was caught in a lie, which I'm, I think she's done a lot of lies. Funniest meme I've seen, though, was one of her, I think she was in a red dress, and she had, like, white powder all under her I, nose, I on her I lip, and her face. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're looking into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you are. Yeah, I saw you know.
0: I saw that. Uh, did you hear that uh, uh, we took out a we took out uh, an ISIS leader over the weekend with a, a drone? The guy's name was Usama al muhajir and it was done in Syria. And the thing about it is, uh, when the drone was going in in there to take this guy out, the drone was kind of uh, harassed by Russian jets. Right. I know, mean, what was that all about? I mean, are they just trying to make life difficult for us, or something, or? Uh, well, well, they
1: probably had no idea what we were doing, or maybe they did. I don't know.
0: Anyway, uh, this guy, he was a leader of ISIS. I mean, uh, mm. That says to me ISIS is coming back. You know, for, the, for a while, President Trump thought it was uh, uh, that he had taken out ISIS, and I think he had, but, you know, when you have a weak leader in your government like uh, Biden, I think it's a signal to the bad guys, hey, it's okay now, come on, let's get back together, you know, let's get the band back together again and go out and cause trouble. Also, did you happen to watch Mark Levin yesterday?
1: No, but uh, I hear he's really calling for a big investigation.
0: Oh, he had a uh, he had a terrific uh program last night. Uh, I'm going to play a little clip from it. He called uh, on the Trump attorneys to immediately file a motion for order uh, exactly on, uh, on the uh, office of professional responsibility to investigate the series of illegal leaks by Joe Biden's corrupt Department of Justice and Special Counsel Jack Smith, and uh, it's it's a it's a really good introduction. I'm only gonna like I said play a, a bit of it. This is Mark Levin. I don't know how this guy doesn't get a heart attack because he gets so passionate. Listen. This is
4: a very serious program tonight, as they all are, but this is especially important. The Department of Justice has become the rogue operation of the federal government under Joe Biden and his attorney general, Merrick Garland. It is controlled by the Democrat Party and the radical left. And I have to tell you, as somebody who's served there for many years first as associate deputy attorney general, then as a deputy assistant attorney general, then as special assistant to the attorney general, then finally chief of staff to the attorney general, in my view, the greatest attorney general, Edwin Meese. This department, this department is destroying America. It's destroying the 2024 election. It's violating every norm, every tradition, everything it inherited. To ensure that that department could be trustworthy and could be reliable. But it has criminalized politics. And I want to say this, if we don't break the back of the Department of Justice, and I will explain what I mean in a moment, it will destroy this country. And we won't be able to claw our way back. This is not hyperbole. I'm not trying to be provocative. I don't need to be. Now, here, let's start. CNN. Exclusive. Special counsel prosecutors questioned witnesses about chaotic Oval Office meeting after Trump lost the 2020 election. Multiple sources told CNN, stick with me, CNN, former Trump campaign official cooperating with special counsel in 2020 election interference probe. Sources familiar with the matter told CNN, CNN. Exclusive, Rudy Giuliani interviewed in special counsel's 2020 election interference probe. Who says so? Multiple sources familiar with the meeting. New York Times, prosecutors sought records on Trump's foreign business deal since 2017. Who says? Two people familiar with the matter. New York Times, investigation of Trump documents case continues after his indictment. Who says? According to people familiar with the matter. Washington Post, Justice Department asking 2020 fraud claims as well as fake electors. Who says, according to people familiar with the matter, who do these leaks help? Do they help Donald Trump? Do they help a single witness? It's the federal government. It is the Biden Department of Justice. It is the Democrat Party's Department of Justice that's interfering in the election and trying to do many other things. Look, I asked my my brothers and sisters over at Landmark Legal Foundation, of which I am chairman, I said, go back about six months and pull up all the leaks from the New York Times and Washington Post and CNN involving Donald Trump. Here it is. Look at this. You see this? These are the leaks from grand juries to witnesses to Mar-a-Lago to the nature of the classified documents. Leak after leak after leak. And I limited it to CNN, the New York Times, and the Washington Post. Look at this. What are they doing? What are they, oh, don't jerk around the Department of Justice, the former Attorney General says. Who's jerking who around here? Is this how you run a case? Is this how you have a judiciary in the country that sits there and rubber stamps every damn thing? Look at this. This isn't intended to be a real case. Here's the ABA rules. Special Responsibilities for a Prosecutor, Rule 3.8, and I cut through to the chase. The prosecutor in a criminal case shall, except for statements that are necessary to inform the public of the nature and extent of the prosecutor's action, and that serve a legitimate law enforcement purpose. Refrain from making extrajudicial comments that have a substantial likelihood of a heightening public condemnation of the accused and exercise reasonable care to prevent investigators, law enforcement personnel, employees or other persons assisting or associated with a prosecutor in a criminal case from making an extrajudicial statement that the prosecutor would be prohibited from making. Let me ask you a question. The prosecutor hasn't come out and said, this would be Jack Smith, look, we see there's all these leaks. I'm taking it upon myself to do an investigation. Not a single judge has been involved in these cases on their own, and they have the power to do it to say, wait a minute, you can't do this to a defendant, or a would-be defendant. You can't do this because you violate their Fifth and Sixth Amendment rights. You can't have a jury, a jury that's objective. And the goal of the leaking is to make sure they don't have a joy that's objective anywhere in the United States of America. Enormous quantity of leaks. An entire pattern. Grand jury leaks. Leaks about witnesses. Or even the nature of classified information by the government, even in its public filings, but even more in its leaking. Prosecutions, litigation strategies leaked. Secret filings with the district court on attorney-client privilege and the crime-fraud exception leaked. Who is receiving subpoenas for what? Leaked. Trump's business dealings, leaked. You've got a pattern on this document case. You've got a pattern on the January 6th matter. It is unmistakable. It's unequivocal. All roads go through the Department of Justice. All roads go through Jack Smith's office, the special counsel, who to me ain't so special. Now, the Trump lawyers need to wake the hell up and do something about this.
0: I like that last line. The Trump lawyers need to wake the hell up. My question is,
1: why aren't they doing this stuff? Well, that's a good question. And uh, I'm sure, you know, Mr. Trump would like them to do something. You know, I I showed you a story on uh, camera here that no one can see. But anyway, it's a Uh story about, you've probably seen it. Corrupt DOJ prosecutor caught trying to bribe lawyers, redacted every uh, reference to Trump cooperating with subpoenas. So when we're talking about the January 6th. Committee and everything that went on, and Trump didn't do anything either. Uh, page after page after page, where they took his name out of it.
0: That guy that you're talking about in that story, I think his name is was it Brat? Uh, I could be Jay wrong. Bratt. Jay Brat. Yeah. Jay Brat. Yeah. Do you know he tried to bribe, uh, not Trump's attorney, but the attorney to the uh, to Trump's um, valet. Trump's yes. Not, he the same guy. He said, look, I understand you want to be a federal judge. Uh, Well, you know, you cooperate with us and we might be able to make that happen. You know, they're they're doing so many things right now that uh, on on face value are corrupt and uh, apparently illegal. and, And they're just getting away with it. They don't care. You know,
1: the, because di- because they own the people that would tattle tell on if you know the snitches the the media and whatnot and they're in your pocket you can do any damn thing you want to yet you can be the saint of saints and you're guilty as hell you know, and I say that Bill you know really gets they they
0: they complain about uh, the the right conservatives having more influence in the Supreme Court than the left does. Oh, oh. But but I, I point to every other level of uh, the judiciary. Every other level seems to be corrupt. I mean, how many times during the 2020 election you would have uh, some organization going to a, a federal judge to get a ruling to stop the count and to recount or something like that. And you would mm-hmm. think, this is a slam dunk. This judge is going to, you know... Uh, everybody knows it has to be redone, right, or has to be recounted. And every darn time, these judges would say, uh, we have no standing, or the person who brought that to us has no standing in the case. They brought, if you'll remember, 28 states brought a complaint to the Supreme Court, which they say is Mm -hmm. all conservatives, right? They brought it to the Supreme Court, and they said, uh, we want to have the 2020 election revisited. And yeah. the Supreme Court said to the 28 states, over half the country's states, that they had no standing in the 2020 election. Now, how does that happen? I mean, how does well, a state not have standing in its le-
1: elections? Well, I mean, and they did, they, can't, they can't, did
0: it. You know, you can't make it up.
1: No, no. The media is in their pocket. Everyone's in there. You know, they've got every which way in their pocket to manipulate and control the story and control your mind look at joe you know middle class joe poor joe he's never had a dime in his oh, life back in me. 2009 he was worth what 30,000 dollars that's it okay you know on a of course he was a congressman then what what do they make 140 or a senator then what 140,000 200,000 About 200,000 yeah yeah. OK, and he only had $30,000 in his pocket. I kind of doubt that, but let's yeah. say he, well, did. he
0: didn't. It's very simple. You just don't file taxes on the money you do make. That's
1: well, all. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's a thought, yeah. you know, but then he goes along. But, you know, he had no money then. And then all of a sudden he becomes a millionaire with really no way of uh, showing that he earned that money. Well, hell, he won an election and nobody showed up at his rallies and, you know, but they showed up in mass to vote bull. I got a question. How many how many other guys in
0: Congress are as corrupt as Joe? We talk about Joe being corrupt, but how about the other guys in Congress who uh, aren't in Joe's situation right now, don't have the spotlight on them? I'm talking about other senators and other uh, congressmen. I mean, is, uh, is it more corruption than less? I mean, do we have a situation where more of our Congress is corrupt? If guys leave office— the job, like you said, pays uh, maybe a congressman one hundred and sixty-five or one seventy uh, a year, and maybe pays uh, a senator two hundred thousand a year, and
1: they walk out millionaires. Well, Hollywood knows about it. The media knows about it. When you go into political office, you know a fig. You know, picture yourself. They give you a jack in the box. They just go crank that handle, and when the door pops open, money flies out. Because that's what you're doing. You've got a money machine in your hands because you get in, you're the you're the final stop for legislation that can help out somebody with money. Do you think that they're not gonna grease your palms? And oh, the person that's going to tell on you on 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 the situation is you? You're not gonna you're not gonna turn yourself in. They're all damn, well, I'm gonna say 90. Percent of them are probably corrupt. Which is why
0: you hear congressmen saying, well, uh, we're going to have a hearing, but it's going to take uh, two or three months. As a matter of fact, let me, let me just play Greg Stubbe. Now, I'm not saying he's corrupt by any stretch of the imagination, but you got to hear what he says when asked about the timing of the impeachment process for Joe Biden, because I guess they've talked about impeaching Joe Biden. Now, mind you, with President Trump, the left impeached him in about 25 or 30 seconds. But yeah. uh, when when the other side, the Republicans and conservatives, are talking about impeaching an obviously corrupt president, uh, here's what uh, Greg Stubbe had to say. Listen,
5: What's the timing on the end of Comer's investigation and when you would actually see an impeachment trial? So in my discussions with him, the challenge is getting all this subpoena information and financial information from all these different LLCs and banks. So they basically laundered the money in all these different individual LLCs. So you have to do specific subpoenas to those specific LLCs bank records. So it's going to take some time. I would imagine probably the next 30 to 90 days before you're going to get that financial information back through the subpoenas. Um, So it should be in the next couple of months, hopefully by like fall, the Comer, have that information. They can move forward in the committee process to investigate it, bring the information before the American people, and I think we move forward with an impeachment proceedings. Yeah, but you're not going to get two-thirds of the Congress to take this guy out of his job, right? I mean, the House could impeach Joe Biden uh, over this, but the Senate probably won't. You've got Democrats completely ignoring it, and the media completely ignoring it. I mean, the media will not cover this story, even though these are the most serious allegations ever against the President. I mean, you're talking about bribery of the vice president while he was sitting vice president, bribery right. of his family members. I mean, if this would have been a Republican member of Congress, you'd be indicted already and in sitting in prison. But because it's Joe Biden, the DOJ and the FBI, which is basically the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party now, is completely and utterly protecting him. We could get the votes into the House, but we'd have to get sixty votes in the Senate, like you said. But I would think that even like like moderate Ds in the Senate, like a mansion or a cinema, would see the level of corruption here and be like, look, we can't stand for this before the American people. But unfortunately, uh, I don't think Democrats, you're probably not going to get eight of them or 10 of them to sign on uh, to removing the president of the United States just because of party politics, which is sad.
0: I mean, it is sad. We have a a double standard here. The Democrats will impeach President Trump uh, and they'll do it in record time. And they don't care whether they have the number of votes in, in the Senate. They just love having the process. The process is the punishment. If the House were to impeach President Biden and the Senate were to not impeach him, you know, uh, it, it, at least it would send a message. It would send a mm-hmm. message. And they're not doing it. You know, I, I look at Jim Jordan. I mean, I, he's a nice enough guy, but he, they just all drag their feet They just love to talk about what they're going to do down the road and how things are going to be better down the road. But first got to do this, and first got to do that. How about uh, taking action? First take some action, do something. I'm not talking about sitting in another hearing and uh, having a difficult conversation with a hostile witness. I'm talking about actually making something happen that's positive for our country. Do it. It's, you know, don't talk about it. Don't tell me about how you're going to hit a home run next time you're up. Don't tell me about what a great hitter you were. Take the damn bat. Hit the ball. If you are a congressman, get off your butt and do it. Do something. That's, just, that's my little Monday morning rant, but uh, there you go. I'm sorry about that. But, I mean, it does irritate me when I hear our side just talking about stuff. All the time. I I like James Comer, but he does it too, you know. We're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and we're going to take so-and-so and and do such-and-such. Hey, don't tell me what you're going to do. Just do it. Just do it. Show me some results. That's... uh, my own humble opinion. Show Jim the results, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. I'm a man who likes results.
1: I don't like this. The, don't tell me what you're going to do. Do it. Um, Today's editorial brought to you by Jim's Mouth. Yeah. One convenient location to <laughs> yeah. serve you. It's another day.com. That's Thank true. You. Hey, Thank um, you very much. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, you mentioned
0: something last week, and we didn't bring it up. But he was kind of interesting, and I just thought I should for- I may have well, so you should drop. I've forgotten. So that's why. Remind me now. That's why I'm going to punish <laughs> you right now because you were making fun of my uh, editorial.
1: No, I uh, was not actually. <laughs> I was. I was thinking about taking that out and putting it on TikTok. Dust,
0: <laughs> dust from Sahara, Sahara Desert, Sahara oh, yeah. Desert, is bringing more heat to Tampa Bay. Say what? Yeah. The dust from the Sahara Desert is bringing more heat to our country. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember telling you about that. It was a question that I had because I saw the story. You didn't see it. No, I didn't see it. I
0: don't know how that happened. But,
1: uh, but, you know, we have all this smoke that's coming from Canada that's dropping down over the top of the United States, and we feel it, and it's bad, and it's happened more than once. And it's like the the fires, they really don't know how these fires are getting set in circles. I have a good idea how they are. Me too. But then let's go over... You know you can always predict hurricanes you know because there's a time in the season the winds are just right the temperature is just right and if you look on the map coming across the Atlantic there's like a little kunga line of depressions you know so you look at it that way yep. well another thing that happens in the Sahara you know there's a lot of dust and stuff it does get picked up and brought across it has come here before it's 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 no mystery but it's been so insignificant, you've never really heard about it or even noticed it.
0: But I, I apparently was this- I was surprised. I really was surprised when you said that. I mean, I could expect it, like from the Midwest, to be sent to the East. They had something back in the '30s called the Dust Bowl, right? And that was when the earth was so dry and in the uh, there was not a lot of uh, irrigation, and so the land became dust and the winds kicked up and literally brought clouds of dust east. And uh, that I can expect, but from
1: the Sahara Desert? Wow. Yeah, but it, it, uh, you know, we were getting last week, you know, and I think there's still more on the way, but you know, that encompassed the entire United States. So if you were going, oh, the air quality really sucks today. Well, that was part of the reason why. And it's Not going to stop there. It's going to keep going. So it makes me wonder. Okay. You know, if it's never happened before, it's like, whoo. Yes. Who'd have thought that would have happened? Well, you know, (laughs) one time, who'd have thought that would have happened? And then all of a sudden you get another, well, who'd have believed that? (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you get one more, well, we don't know why, but this happened, you know? And it's like, okay. You know, one time, all right, I can buy that. Two times. Mm. I don't know, three, four, five, six, seven, a half dozen times, I'm going, wait a damn minute now. Yeah. Who's who's pulling the finger here? We still uh, have the it, fires
0: from Canada, you know. We still have yeah. those.
1: So what are they doing? What are they mixing in the clouds? What are they? Uh, I'm not saying they are. And we
0: we cannot forget, this was an, a little news item that came out at the end of last week, uh, that uh, the United States government had just finished uh, uh, destroying its uh, arsenal oh, of yeah. it, uh,
1: nerve gas and stuff like that. All and, their chemical weapons yeah. in Kentucky, of all places. That's what I was going to yes. Where this cloud would have come through, and what a perfect disguise to sit there and just take all that, that crap and get rid of it, which, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Chemical weapons should not be but we're going to drop it on our own population you, through natural causes? Well, what do you do with
0: the the byproduct of the destroying uh, process? I mean, do you burn it? Do you burn the uh, poison, the chemicals? Do you dilute the chemicals? And, but, I mean, where does it go after you destroy it? You don't keep it. You don't keep it. Does it go into the air? So is it going into the air? Well, let's see, Kentucky. That's like... A perfect place if you wanted to have it go up uh, through uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio. And, you know, I mean, it's not a good place to be destroying chemical weapons.
1: Well, here's a thought. Let's just say they're using it to declare war on the U.S. population. Let's get rid of some of that population. Let's go ahead and go to conservative areas and get rid of that population. Now, I say that as I paint a picture of another story out there. Apparently, Russia, you know, they haven't gone to the nuke level yet. Mm-hmm. But they are talking now that they've got drones that they put thermal barrack bombs in You go, What is that? Well, it's like what they call an air bomb, but it's basically all fuel, nothing but fuel. Right. And you have two charges in it, and you can't—I would say there's probably a 98 99% chance— you can't escape the devastation of it. You're going to be It ignites the fuel.
0: But exactly. it, it ignites it above ground. It doesn't yes. it doesn't explode in the ground. The thermal barrack explodes above ground and just obliterates yeah. everything.
1: Yeah. yeah, and because you know you've got the vacuum in the air, the, yes. the it's all created in the air above ground, you know, that's that's pretty threatening. So you know, I'm just, I'm not tying the two stories together again, uh, I, again, but I am kind of loosely, I'm just saying, we're using tactics on our own people, or it appears to me that, that we are. Russia, at least, they're who who they consider their enemy, but they're pulling out the stops there too. I'm not, I'm not saying thermal barric bomb is a good thing, I'd, uh, but I guess anything in war is fair. Look at us with the nukes back in World War II. Well, you got guys yeah. like
0: Lindsey Graham encouraging us to use uh, to use uh, tit-for-tat, meaning if they do something, do something of uh, equal strength, meaning if they were to use, for example, a small nuclear device in, in a town or something like that, his suggestion is to answer it in kind. Unbelievable. Uh, and then yeah. they, he wonders why he's booed in South Carolina. Uh, another thing that uh, I thought was interesting, Bill, uh, a Texas judge's Warning Americans that the invasion by tidal waves of illegal streaming across our southern border every day isn't just a problem for people living in the border states, but is instead a direct threat to every community in the country. This is from a uh, uh, Terrell County judge, Dale Carruthers. He said, they're coming to your town. They're coming to your town. I totally, totally agree with him. I mean, uh, if you think that the problem is limited to Texas, Arizona, and the border states, nah. Now they're going to be coming to uh, the Midwest, to South Dakota, places like that. They're going to be in your neighborhood too soon, if they're not already there. And no, I'm looking. I'm, I'm look at people say, "Well, they're just people." Yeah, they're just people. Some of them, by the way, just people. Others, I don't know whether you're aware of this. We may have talked about this on Friday, but uh, Gordon Chang, who's an expert on China. He was interviewed at the end of last week, and he said, "Look at it. There are some good Chinese people coming across, looking for a better life." He said, "And you got to have money to do it from China. You need at least thirty-five thousand dollars to uh, not just come across on plane, but then you have to pay the coyotes, or the cartels, thirty-five grand to have them, you know, escort you into the United States, which means that you have to have money." He said, "But there's also a number of these people who he believes are." Uh, Chinese soldiers. He says, and I'll give you an example why. One of the traditions, I didn't know this, that the Chinese do, the Chinese soldiers, is they perform a ritual where they drink blood. So help me God. It's it's a tradition, and I guess they they caught some of these Chinese uh, uh, illegals drinking blood in a ceremony in Panama. And these are the same guys who are trafficked into the United States. We have in our country right now, I'm absolutely positive, an illegal element of Chinese that are setting up to, if there's, a, if there's an attack on our country, they're going to be already in our country to destroy our infrastructure, blow up bridges, take down power lines, destroy our communications. These people are already here, and I submit that this administration allowed it to happen. And that's treason. That really is. But, uh I, I think this guy, this Judge uh, Carruthers, uh, he's right on the money. They're already
1: here. They're coming to your neighborhood. Um, I was just looking at a story. It's kind of weird. I don't know where this, you know, mm-hmm. where this goes. But uh, apparently, the rising temperature now from climate change may cause. Are you ready for it? Uh, and apparently, it's going on. And they say it's climate change that's doing it. It's kidney stone. Uh, epidemics. Yeah. You know, it's funny you should say that. I got a
0: grandson who's just a young guy, young guy, and he's in the greatest shape. I mean, he's got a physique on him. Um, he, he sort of looks like me when I was twenty. <laughs> but anyway, I hope the hell he looks better than me when I, he's my age. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the poor kid's got kidney stones, and you know, uh, he doesn't they're trying to figure out where do these things come from in a kid 20 years old, 18 years old. Uh, 19 well,
1: years old. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I used to fight with that all the time. I remember going into, uh, what is it? Uh, in Memphis, you know, uh, the, the big university hospital there. And I had kidney stones really bad where they were doing that. And, but you know, I had a diet about every day. I thought, Oh, I was doing a healthy thing where I went and ate yogurt every day for lunch, you know, yeah. like yogurt. I mean, I, I worked out and everything, but I never paid attention to maybe the soda that I was drinking and, uh, you know, I thought, well, I work out, you know. Bill, I'm what was this, all this. this story you just read? What What are they thinking it causes it? Uh, they're saying, now, the, the source is not saying it, but they're saying the story is that according to uh, so-called experts, the increase in kidney stone cases our world is facing right now is because, wait for it, climate change. This is in the Gateway Pundit. Uh, it came out about two hours, oh, not even two hours ago, an hour ago.
0: They won't give up this uh, climate change stuff. I mean, when I was a young man, uh, the world was uh, going towards an ice age. It was Literally, it was going towards an ice age. And it was going to happen by like 1980. Nothing happened. Oh, well, I guess. Wait a second. Is it getting warmer? Let's change it. All of a sudden, it was, you know, global warming was the big thing. And, well, here's what this
1: story is. But, it's a distraction. But none none of their predictions have ever no come true. No, they've all been distractions, though, haven't they?
0: That's true. That's very true. And they talk about the ozone layer. Do you remember they were saying the ozone uh, is is sh- the hole in the ozone is getting bigger and bigger? The ozone is a protection element above our planet to keep the uh, cancerous sun rays from uh, destroying us and giving us cancer. And, yeah. and they were saying it was getting, it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and pretty pretty soon you'd have no more o- ozone. All of a sudden, that stopped because it wasn't. So, um, it, I look at, it, it, I believe in climate change. It's
1: called the weather. The yeah. weather is climate change. You uh, know, the weather has changed over the years. The poles have switched. It is nature. It happens. They're talking about the sun. And we're getting blasted with all these uh, these heat wave uh, waves and uh, you know uh, solar storms and whatnot. Well, the sun does a change every ten years. There's something that goes on with it that affects us and knocks out communications. And it's gone on for millions of years. And I predict it's probably going to go on for well, they call another them what? million solar
0: solar storms. I think is what they call them.
1: Yeah, solar storms. And I guess there's a reversal of something that rotates. Up there, I look. I am not a science guy, but I read these stories, and I'm going like, "Yeah, but it, you know, it happened before ten years ago, and then ten years before that, it is a cycle, kind of like the El Niñas here. You know, that has been going on for decades. You know, they and sure, I would they imagine- sure they sure love
0: to make an issue out of it. I mean, guys like Al, Al Gore and uh, John Kerry have uh, made a career. Out of the environment. Oh, I mean, Al Gore said that the tides were going to rise. We were going to lose Florida. You know, Miami was going to be underwater. All these things were supposed to have happened that never did happen. And um, I, I I don't know. I think they, I think there's a culture out there that uh, when you have people believing this, you have a, you have control. You have more Mm -hmm. control. And I think these guys are into control. If they can, you know. Speaking of control. the pandemic, uh, Anthony Fauci, uh, RFK Junior. is not a big fan of Anthony Fauci. He was on a podcast. Um, Who is a fan of Anthony Fauci? Well, and RFK Junior. was asked. Uh, well, I'll let
6: uh, I'll let the interviewer ask the question. Listen, uh, you wrote a book harshly criticizing Anthony Fauci. Let me ask you to steel man the case for the people who support him. What is the biggest positive thing you think Anthony Fauci did for the world? What is good that he has done for the world, especially during this pandemic? You know, I don't want to uh, sit here and speak uncharitably by saying the guy um, didn't do anything. But I, I don't, I can't think of anything. I mean, if you... Um, if you tell me something that you think he did, you know, maybe there was a drug that got licensed while he was at NIH that, you know, benefited people. That's certainly possible. He was there for 50 years. And I, I, in terms of his um, of his principal programs, of the AIDS programs and his covid programs, and I think that the harm that he did vastly outweighed the. Uh, you know the the benefits do you think he believes he's doing good for the world i don't know what he believes I, in fact in that book which is i think 250,000 words i never try to look inside of his head i i deal with facts i deal with science so and every every factual assertion in that book is Cited in sources to government databases or peer-reviewed publications, and I, and I don't. I try not to speculate about things that I don't know about or I can't prove. And I do. Not, I cannot tell you what his motivations were. Or I mean, all of us. He's done a thing, a lot of things that I think are really very, very bad things for humanity. Very uh, deceptive. We all have this um, this capacity for self-deception. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, we, we judge ourselves on our intentions rather than our actions. And we all have an almost infinite capacity to convince ourselves that what we're doing is is right. And, um, you know, not everybody kind of lives an examined life and is examining their motivations in the way that the world might experience um, their professions of goodness. Let me ask about the difficulty of the job he had. Do you think it's possible to do that kind of job well? Or is it also a fundamental flaw of the job of being the central, centralized figure that's supposed to no, have scientific policy? I, I, no, I think he was a genuinely a bad human being. And that there were many, many good people in that department over the years. Uh, <laughs> um. Bernice Eddy is a really good example. John Anthony Morris, many people whose uh, careers he destroyed because they were trying to tell the truth. One after the other, the greatest scientists in the history of NIH were run out of that organization, out of that agency. Um, but, you know, I, I, people listening to this, I, you know, probably, you know, will in hearing me say that, will think that I'm bitter or that I... I'm doctrinaire about him, but, you know, you should really go and read my book. And I, it's hard to summarize a, you know, I try to be really methodical to not call names, to to, to just say what happened.
0: That's RFK Jr. talking with uh, uh, a gentleman, I believe his name is uh, Friedman. He's a research scientist at uh, MIT who has a podcast, and I guess this was part of like a two-and-a-half-hour interview where RFK Jr. just talked about everything and anything. You know, he had a drug problem when he was a kid, uh, and uh, he got it shortly after his father was assassinated. You don't know things like that. I mean, you all you hear in the media is, oh, RFK Jr., he had a drug problem. But you don't realize that there was uh, such a terrible tragedy and a sad- sadness that was the catalyst. You know, I'm I'm not uh, a big fan of his policies, of all of his policies, although I do like him as a man, you know, and I I think Mm -hmm. people people make uh, fun of it, I've heard it, of his uh, voice, but the guy has spasmodic dysphonia, spasmodic dysphonia, and he believes that he got it as a result of getting a vaccination, not the vaccination from COVID, but a vaccination. So the guy has a special interest in vaccines during the pandemic and he really did a lot of research And you know when a guy mm-hmm. like rfk jr does research he doesn't do it by himself i'm sure he probably has a staff of people who work with him that put things together you know
1: and yeah uh, you ahead, you, you take the research you uh, get it boiled down to uh talking points and that's it you go forward kind of like a a public speaker, a communicator, you know, you're the conduit to get this word out. And unfortunately he's not only the conduit to get the word out on the backs and some of the things that can go wrong with it, but he's the case. uh, He's the case uh, example. What he
0: said about, uh, uh, about Fauci, he said, I think he was a genuinely bad human being. That just about sums it up. I mean, there's no pulling any punches, with a line like that, I mean, we look at Fauci, you know, Fauci getting up there and uh, telling us to stay home, and uh, yeah, we're going to give you a vaccine every week, uh, uh, Doctor yeah, Fauci. But the thing is, he he wasn't a nice guy. Apparently, apparently, he got he was responsible for the removal of some really talented uh, scientists from the National Institute of Health when he was in charge of it. it, because these people wanted to come out with a difference of opinion about certain things, including the pandemic.
1: Well, that's right, because they didn't have my agenda in mind. They had yeah. no idea what I was trying to do, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's true that I brought the virus on people. And the AIDS community, they'd probably be shocked to know that I was behind that, too. And actually, that's a fact. That's so, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was making a joke. But actually, if you go back no, he, and really do He was do responsible. Your diligence. He was,
0: yes. re- he was responsible for our our answer to AIDS, or he was partially responsible back in the eighties when he first got into the NIH. He's been around forever. You know he's the highest paid public servant in our country, higher than the president. I guess he got paid over four hundred and fifty thousand or four
1: hundred thousand a year. Well, Not know, a bad I gig mean- if you can get it. If you wondered who the real Dr. Evil is, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That, that would be yeah, me, Dr. Dr. Fauci. From and, York. And, uh, yeah. and, and you know, uh, some of the stuff I worked on gave me my voice today. You That's keep talking sad. like that, you're going to get stuck with it that voice. Like it. Yeah, <laughs> Forever. <I get> <laughs> with Bad news for uh, Dr. Fauci then. Anyway.
0: Look, at uh, we've just about done it. We should uh, point out again, thank you to the new listeners on uh, Rumble and some of the other sites. We appreciate it. Tell your friends about the show. Because we're growing in leaps and bounds, (laughs) yeah.
1: Keep it going for us too. We appreciate that. Do you see the, uh, I guess the reception by law enforcement in California for uh, Trump? Yeah,
0: I'm talking about a big reception at LAX. I think was it LAX? Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah, it was LAX, and they're all there around the Trump plane, and and they're they're, you know. Now I will tell you this: don't be surprised if you hear of some guys. Getting demoted or losing their jobs yeah. or whatever because they posed in that picture, and that's there's going a, to be a lot of them. Oh, that's a Because truth. oh, you, you can't do that. Yes. That doesn't represent California. Yes. Well, you know what I understand about California? There's a lot of damn conservatives there.
5: Oh, More sure. More so
1: than you find in the strongholds in San Francisco and L.A. Didn't they want to carve it up into like three different or
0: four different states? Yeah, there's a movement there. They want to carve it. Up. You know? Yeah, they want. That and was was it Idaho wants to people in Washington state want to uh, secede from was it Washington and become part of Idaho or something like that? I mean it's amazing. There are a lot of conservatives who've had it with their government, their
1: state government, and they want out. Yeah, well, well, I mean Joe Biden, his his reign is over, and I mean I don't even think it was a true reign. I you know we could that would be a whole different show. But the funny thing is, they talk about they try to talk about great things that Biden's done, and I look back and I haven't seen one damn thing that he's done. He's taken uh, credit for things that Trump has done, going, "Oh, he did that," and he didn't. Uh, He takes credit for things that don't exist. You know, they 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 post. Yeah,
0: he talks about the economy.
1: He'll say the economy, Bidenomics. You know, (laughs) yeah, right. Bidenomics is uh, deathomics for the United States. They talk about how bad Trump is. And I was looking, you know, there's a ton of things that he's done. But even before he was elected, there was a piece where they said, well, we don't want to admit it, but he's done a lot of nice things, but he's still an evil, bad guy. And I'm like, going, okay, here's a guy that uh, there was a kid that somebody contacted, three years old, that needed critical surgery, and they had no means of getting them there. And he goes, take my plane. That's it. Take my plane. Let's get him there and get his surgery. You no know, kid should go without that. You know, he did stuff like that. Uh, Palm Beach, there was a, a club that was bought, and it was, it was, I guess, run by a bunch of racists. He fought that so that they couldn't do that and discriminate. You know, now, I thought he was a racist, but apparently he's not. Um, you know, he's, there, there's, you know, a lady uh, where her family was murdered. You know, so, you know, he stepped in on that to, to help her out. There was a bus driver that uh, had a suicidal woman on there, on his bus. The bus driver altered his route to prevent what was going to happen. Trump read about it and said, well, you know what, that guy's a hero. He deserves to be rewarded for that and gave him 10000 bucks. And he actually did give him the 10000 bucks. so don't wow. let you know and and the list goes well, on you know, and on and on saturday night he was in
0: las vegas and he went to a uh it was a ufc fight right, mm-hmm. a match and he he walked into the stadium and the crowd went bananas and then he yeah. got and sat down at the at the edge of the uh, ring and one of the ufc fighters came over the wall i guess they have a wall around the uh, mat you know he came over mm-hmm. the wall to shake hands with Trump. I was surprised he wasn't swarmed by uh, secret service, but he came over and he just took off his glove and he shook hands with the president. And then another UFC fighter yelled from inside the ring, we need you. We need you.
1: So, well, you know, and that scares me that, you know, he's, he, to, to be with the people, he's stepping out of the protection cover. I know, you know, and uh, the only the only people that I know, and I'm not a Democrat, but the only people that I know that ever did that was uh, a Kennedy. And uh, oh yeah, well, that's scares it
0: does it scares me too. And I saw him giving out uh, milkshakes at the Dairy Queen yeah. last
1: week. Uh, it well, bothered me because it was a room filled with strangers. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, he can be driving by in a motorcade, and he'll stop that motorcade to get out and go. Uh, I I always like to say, you know, sometimes, you know, celebrities have to get out and wallow with wallow in the mud with the crowd. Just get out and be with them. You know, so he's saying, I'm not above you. You know, yeah, he was born with money. He's known this. Hell, you know, the one thing that he's done for military veterans, he, he doesn't know what it's like to fight. He's never been overseas, but he knows the sacrifice that they've done, and he's always supported the military always been behind them he does everything they can he can to support them and you know you talked about the story where he was getting on air force one one time and i think it was air force one whatever it was it was was the helicopter yeah yeah and in the marines hat you know flew off and the the guy the the is had standing there at attention kind of shocked that his hat was down and trump you know bent down kind of like the humble servant picked it up And, you know, brushed it off and handed it to him. It's almost like a Bible story where Jesus washes the feet of people, you know. But he he does kind and good things. They they call him the blue-collar billionaire. The blue-collar
0: billionaire because he relates so well. And he's loved so much by the average Joe, you know. Anyway, my friend, we've done it. We should say, uh, we should give our phone number and the email address and wrap this sucker up. Our phone number is
1: 833
0: 538 7868. 833 538
1: 7868. And there's mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Please uh, share this podcast with your friends. If you're listening, give it a share, give it a like. And uh, spread the word. I mean, it's been happening for us, but, you know, I can't reiterate enough that we need to keep that momentum going because yeah. we're seeing big numbers. But if you've noticed, if you've listened all the way through, what is the one thing you never hear us do? Advertising. That's true. That's uh, true. Now, we're we're not going to go out and beg for advertising. We do want to say that, you know, there is a big audience. But it would have to be the right advertising because there is a cost to doing this. Oh yeah, this.
0: people don't realize. They say, "Oh, you have fun doing your podcast," but there's an we expense. Do. Yeah, we do have fun, but there's an I was, expense.
1: And I was talking to that uh, that kid that does. Uh, I say, kid, young man that does movies, and sometimes I'll play villains and stuff. But one of the guys and I typecasting. it is actually because, Hey, look, you know, I can do a, I'm a good, bad guy, you know, you're a good, bad guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I, I, you know, but, uh, you're right. Typecasting, (laughs) but there's one of the guys on there, really big conservative. And I didn't know that he was loyally listening to this thing since we did a project last year. And I was saying, yeah, you know, sometimes we wonder if we're, uh, you know, if we're just barking into the wind he goes no you can't do that because so and so would be uh, I'm not mentioning the name uh would be very devastated cuz all he does is talk about you guys.
0: I want you to go to uh our uh to the website uh, to, that carries our our program the host website and look at the statistics for the countries that listen to our program. Oh, we I have know. people listening all over the world in the Strangest places: Malaysia, New Zealand. Uh, I mean, every I, I I sit and I go, how do these people find us? You know, where where, where do they get? Uh, it's another day with uh, Jim and Bill. You know, how do they find this program? But they do. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Well, the funny,
1: yeah, and we 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 have a stream that rolls like a radio station called CRN America. We had big hopes and dreams for that. I would look at the statistic numbers on it and go, nah, it's not doing that well. But then I look at you know the the notifications that I get of all the likes and everything and I'm going well this number sure as hell doesn't match with that number so uh you you sit there and you wonder and guess sometimes but you know we're not computer techies we never have been and never will be and I admit to that so I mean I've we done. have
0: listeners in the US, Germany, Canada, United Kingdom, Brazil, Russia, Thailand, Sweden, Mexico, Australia, France, Spain, Norway, the United Arab Emirates, India, Japan, Netherlands, Morocco. Morocco? Yeah, they're listening to us uh, yeah. in Casablanca. Uh, New Zealand, Latvia, Austria, Uruguay. We go everywhere, man. We go everywhere. Uruguay, Trinidad, and Tobago. Is that a sauce? I'm just curious. Uh, Romania, Portugal, Philippines, Panama, Kenya, Italy, Ireland, Iran, Indonesia, Honduras, Guatemala, Ecuador, the Czech Republic, Chile, the Bahamas, Argentina, South Africa, and then this a bunch of unknowns where they just couldn't get the uh, they couldn't figure out what they were, were coming. Well, from. that's
1: but it. That's interesting. The unknowns, and see, that's the account unaccounted for. But you'd go with that, and you give a small number to each one, and and you know. You sit there, but we do actually have very large numbers, and we've touted about it before. I don't want to brag, but you know, there's people out there. But uh, speaking
0: of bragging, we've actually talked much longer than we've ever talked. Uh, uh,
1: Yeah, let's brag ourselves right out the door. So, uh, as you
0: would say normally on every radio program,
1: Hasta la vista, baby. I'm out of here.
0: The Voice of Freedom.